It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans in NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with you all on this Monday, recapping the weekend's worth of games for the New Orleans Pelicans. You guys probably had a better weekend than the Pelicans did, that is for sure. Two overtime games, two fourth quarter leads. Blown all around in both of them. One against the Washington Wizards, one against the New York Knicks. The game against the Knicks is the one we're going to start with. The one from yesterday because so much went wrong down the stretch for New Orleans. And it just highlights so many of the problems with this team. And we'll dive into those. And then there's a ton of similarities, obviously, in the game against the Washington Wizards. We'll talk about that one as well. And then there is some transaction news, which is a very smart uh, move. Didi Luzada Silva coming back over to the team from the Australian uh, League. And we'll get into why they're doing that now, what it means for the team going forward into next season, because this is getting a jump start on the offseason for New Orleans. It's a shrewd move, and I'll explain exactly why that is. But first, the game's. Let's dive into it all in today's edition of Locked On Pelicans. Today's episode of Locked On Pelicans is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. So let's start off with the game the other night against the New York Knicks. A 122-112 loss for the Pelicans in overtime. A game where towards the end of the fourth quarter with about six minutes left to go, they had a seven-point lead. Seven-point lead and blew it late in this game, allowing the New York Knicks to come back. And then the game went to overtime on just a horribly botched play for so many reasons. I want to highlight this stuff, not the play of anything during the game, but just how they did everything wrong. And there's so much here. And I've seen people on social media and social media after Pelicans games has been kind of atrocious this year. It's been awful. Everyone wants to boil the the problems down to one thing. Is it shooting? Is it defense? Is it the coaching? Is it the players? It can be all of that. None of this stuff is mutually exclusive, and I'm going to explain why. So on the final possession, more or less, with 7.8 seconds left in the game for if with this one, the game, uh, the score at 103-100, Pelicans leading by three. All you've got to do is not give up a three. Just don't give up a three. Foul him, send him to the line for two, or let him get a layup. And Stan Van Gundy called a timeout, or there was a timeout for the Knicks. And in that huddle, Stan Van Gundy sent the message to the team, foul them. If they put the ball on the on the court, foul them. Don't give up a three. That's simply his message in the huddle. What happens? Derrick Rose gets the ball. He starts a drive towards the rim, blows by Eric Bledsoe, has a free run at the rim. And Lonzo Ball, who's helping in the strong side, left side corner, is playing defense there, helps over from that to try and contest the drive or take away the drive, but isn't really in position to do that. And 
Derek Rose seeing Lonzo Ball come over and help, realizes the corner shooter is there, kicks the ball to Reggie Bullock, who is almost a 40% shooter from deep this season. He gets the ball, shoots it, three, tie game. Then on the next end, where the Pelicans have the ball with about a second and a half left, they drop a play, Lonzo Ball is inbounding it. It goes to Eric freaking Bledsoe, who shoots a mid-range runner leaning to his right, it gets blocked. It's nowhere close. We go to overtime and the Pelicans get run out in overtime 19 to 9 and they lose by 10. Okay, so let's start. First on the defensive possession that allowed the New York Knicks to tie it. Uh, this is where people want to blow it down to the players or the coaching staff, right? The players didn't execute. And Eric Bledsoe said after the game, and this is inexcusable, saying he knew that the message. So he said he wasn't paying attention and he should have fouled Derrick Rose. I don't know, and he didn't really clarify this, if he meant he wasn't paying attention in the huddle, saying he wasn't listening to Stan Van Gundy say foul them, or he wasn't paying attention on that final play, what would have been the game-winning play for New Orleans, by the way, and it's, and just let Derrick Rose blow by him and didn't realize to foul. I don't know whichever one it was, and either one, it's horrible. This is the guy that Stan Van Gundy has gone with time and time again. And in the Wizards game, when he clo- when Eric Blitzel closed and was bad, and was asked about it after the game, said, you know, I don't know, maybe I need to look at this, and I'm certainly probably deserving of the criticism that you guys give me after this. And then he went, the next game they played, closed with him again, and gave you nothing. And he gave you bad defense and admitted to not paying attention, whether that's to the coach or whether that's the play on the court. At this point, what is Eric Bledsoe doing out there for New Orleans and giving you value? In this game, he had one quarter, the third, where he gave positive value to New Orleans. Okay, positive value. He finished on the night with 22 points, but on eight of nine of 20 shooting and three of nine from deep, four rebounds, four assists, and two turnovers, and gave you nothing on that final possession and screwed it up, and then gave you nothing offensively. And what are you doing drawing up the play for Eric Bledsoe? After the game, Stan Van Gundy said that Brandon Ingram was the second option. Why on a team with Brandon Ingram and Zion Williamson, Zion in this game, who just had a cool 34 points on 13 of 23 shooting a bad night for him, 57%, are you drawing up a play for Eric Bledsoe? Stan deserves this criticism. He's got some sort of infatuation or trust with Eric Bledsoe. And it's not like they have many other guard options, to be perfectly honest. So some credit to him for that. But at a certain point, closing with Eric Bledsoe all season has not worked. And they still kept going to him. And this is going to be the true test for Stan Van Gundy. Are you going to play him a bunch in the game on Tuesday against the Brooklyn Nets? Even if you don't have the guard depth, is he going to close? Is he going to be the guy that's out there when you need to score or go on a run? Because based off of what he said, admitting to that error, that horrible mistake, he shouldn't be. And if Stan puts him in those positions again, it's going to give him so much more criticism and invite all of this, all of this. When Eric Bledsoe says, I wasn't paying attention, that might be what Pelicans fans are saying the rest of the year, these final 15 games, because of the this team's play out there on the court. With some of these, the things that I just don't get. This isn't hard. Match up. Get back. That stuff is not working. And it's basic things. And as a fan, you should be upset with this. Now, I've had people be like, why don't you call out Stan Van Gunny in postgame stuff? That's not media's job. We can ask him a question. We've got to kind of respect his answers. And he gave an answer on uh, Friday about it, which we'll talk about in the next segment here. But I'm not done with this one yet because this is bad. So you can blame Eric Bledsoe and you can blame the players for this, for not paying attention, right? But it also is on the coaches too. 
This isn't the first time we've seen just these stupid mistakes, mistakes that should not happen this late in the year, mistakes that shouldn't even happen at the start of the season. So the message that Stan Van Gundy is saying, so if it's Eric Bledsoe just not listening to the huddle, Stan needs to change up his message and how he's trying to get to these players because it's not working, right? If you have a kid and you go, hey, kid, do your homework and they don't do your homework, maybe you need to, you know, part of it's on them for not doing it, but maybe you also need to try a different approach, right? If you have a dog and you're trying to train it to go to the bathroom outside and it keeps peeing in the house, maybe you're doing something wrong yourself there too, even though it's kind of obvious what should be happening. That needs to be Stan Van Gundy looking in the mirror too. And if these guys aren't giving you that effort and they're may admitting to something like that, you need to make a change and send that message that this is unacceptable. And he has not done that so far this season, other than to Jackson Hayes. And it worked with Jackson Hayes, but he refuses to try this in other areas. So as a fan, if you watch this game against the Knicks and were furious, you should have. We didn't even have time in this one to talk about how the Pelicans are 6 of 27 shooting from three here. That Lonzo Ball was 1 of 5 after going 0 for 7 against the Wizards. And we'll touch on that game in a second. There's a lot wrong with this team. But right now, some of the big stuff, and shooting's a big issue too, is these type of things. And they just had nothing after this. It was just a disaster. And they all need to look at themselves in the mirror. Everybody. It's not just the coaches or the players. It's not one or the other. It's not a binary thing. It can be all of it. And it was all of it at the end of this game. So before we get to the Wizards game and basically some of the same stuff that happened again, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by Indeed.com. You're the hiring expert for your company. And what you really need is help making your short list of quality candidates. You need a hiring partner who helps make your life easier. You need Indeed. Maybe you're an NBA head coach that's looking to replace his starting point guard or two guard, whatever you want to call Eric Bledsoe. And you need someone to help you make those decisions because you're clearly not capable of doing that yourself. Well, Indeed.com is the job site that makes hiring as easy as one, two, three. Post, screen, and interview all on Indeed. Get your quality shortlist of candidates whose resumes on Indeed match your job description. Guy that plays defense at the end of the game, maybe. And you only pay for the candidates that meet your must-have qualifications and schedule and complete video interviews in your Indeed dashboard. Indeed makes connecting with and hiring the right talent, good basketball players, potentially, fast and easy with tools like Instant Match giving you quality candidates whose resumes on Indeed fit your job description immediately. Guys who play up to their past history of being a second team all defensive player. And Indeed skills tests that on average reduce hiring time by 27%. You can choose from more than 130 skills tests or add your own like listening to a head coach in the huddle and your must have requirements also like listening to your head coach in the huddle so you only pay for applications that meet them. According to Talent Nest, Indeed delivers four times times the hires than all other job sites combined. So if you're hiring, you need Indeed. Get started right now with a free $75 sponsored job credit for your starting two guard position to upgrade your job post at Indeed.com slash locked. Get a $75 credit at Indeed.com slash locked. Indeed.com slash locked. Offer valid through June 30th. Terms and conditions apply. Today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is also brought to you by Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar is the best tasting protein bar ever. You need to get rid of that terrible taste in your mouth after that Knicks loss and the Wizards loss in this overall Pelicans weekend. You can definitely do it with a Built Bar because they have delicious flavors. Caramel brownie, cookies and cream, lemon almond cheesecake, mint brownie, salted caramel. You're going to have no idea that you're eating a protein bar that's healthy for you. They taste like a candy bar. These things are covered in 100% real chocolate. They're soft. They're easy to chew. I eat one every single day. 
right before I go and work out. These things are just great for the health conscious person who's looking to lose or maintain weight because the bars are low in calorie, low in sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. If you want to give them a try, go to builtbar.com, use promo code LOCKED15, you're going to get 15% off your next order. I spend my own money on these things and I use this promo code all the time. It's definitely worth it. If you ever eat any sort of protein bar, you may as well eat the best tasting one. So use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at builtbar.com. Get all of the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the Locked On Today podcast. Host Peter Bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So we will get into some of the shooting stuff for the Pelicans tomorrow, and we can kind of dive in on some of like the real issues plaguing the team. And there's a number of them. As I said, it's not one or the other. We need to stop trying to boil it down to one thing. I've seen it. If I talk about the shooting, someone's like, well, the defense is a bigger issue than that. It can be, but I'm talking about the shooting that day. Or sometimes it's the defense and then people are like, but shooting. All of these things can be true. We need to move on past trying to boil it down to one thing because this team, given what we've seen, especially this year, and they're now three games out of the 10th spot in the loss column, which is the San Antonio Spurs, who aren't great either, but aren't making some of these little mistakes, even little mistakes, big basic mistakes that New Orleans is doing. And this weekend started with that on Friday in a game against the Washington Wizards that New Orleans, by the way, had a nine-point lead against at one point. And guess what? That that lead went went away. And New Orleans had this in the fourth quarter. They were up. They just needed to hold on for like four or five minutes. And they were unable to do it down the stretch. And again, Eric Bledsoe wasn't good in this game. Two of six from the field, eight total points, five rebounds, one assist, and two turnovers. And asked after the game, because this has been an issue with Eric Bledsoe, as we just talked about, and it's not just that this came up over the weekend. He's not giving you a lot in New Orleans when they need to get some offense down the stretch. And in multiple close games this year, we've seen them just be unable to score. And Eric Bledsoe isn't giving you anything during that time. He isn't. It's just, it's a fact. And we'll get into some of those numbers tomorrow with that too. But I just want to talk about the general stuff today. Still closed with him again. And Stan Van Gundy was asked after the game. And again, it's not our job as the media in a post-game thing to be like, Hey, Stan, Eric Bledsoe freaking blows, which which he is right now. What the hell are you doing? We can ask, hey, is what's the kind of the reasoning behind your decision? And he gave it. And he said in this one that he thought Eric Bledsoe was doing a good job against Russell Westbrook. And Westbrook won this game for the Pelicans in overtime when Zion Williamson had a touch foul at best on a jumper of his. On a jumper. You don't need to foul Westbrook on a jumper whatsoever, but Zion was a little too close. And it I don't really know if it was. They reviewed it. They ended up giving him the foul and he goes up and he makes, you know, the free throws. And and that kind of is all she wrote for New Orleans here. So this one, though, he said he played him because he thought Eric Bledsoe was doing a good job of defending him. The good news is we can see some of this. We have the stats to see who was guarding Russell Westbrook. Thank you, NBA.com, and how some of those matchups went. And this isn't the best data in the world. So this isn't like the hard and fast thing that we want to look at and see what's to to really see what's going on here, but it can give you an idea of like if someone's getting lit up or not. Eric Bledsoe guarded Russell Westbrook for 7 minutes and 17 seconds in this game. It was like 32 or so possessions that he was guarding him. Eric uh Russell Westbrook during that time that Eric Bledsoe was defending him scored 17 points. This team scored 32 points when it was that one-on-one matchup. Bledsoe had th- uh, Westbrook had three assists, two turnovers. He shot seven of 14 from the field and three of five from deep. Keep those numbers in mind, okay? Because in this game, Russell Westbrook 
was three of six from three. So he lit up Bledsoe from three. Three of five against Eric Bledsoe. One, uh, 0 for 1 against whoever else was guarding the other one. He finished with nine assists on the night, only three against Eric Bledsoe. Maybe that's good, right? Except he was just scoring. He finished with 36 points on the night, and 17 of those came against Eric Bledsoe. I don't think Bledsoe was actually playing good defense against him. And in fact, the team in general wasn't. And this comes to the stuff of this game made you, when you were watching it, you're just screaming, like, what are you doing? What are you doing? Because Russell Westbrook was shooting so many jumpers in this one. And the team was biting on pump fakes from three for him. In the game preview, I said, turn him into a three-point shooter. If he's bombing away from three, you're going to be happy with it. And then the Pelicans bit on all of that. And then he would go with that pump fake. They would bite on it, be off balance, and he would just drive to the rim. I, I don't know what they were doing defending him. It's not like, again, he's, he's, he's a good player enough. He scores, right? He could score at the rim. That's where he's deadly. So why are you biting on pump fakes from three? What are you doing? And we've been saying that a lot with this team this year and lately, and it's really, really frustrating. Zion in this game was pretty ineffective. He was nine of 18 for 21 points, plagued by foul troubles all night. He had seven turnovers in this one too. And he fouled out of the game, you know, really right at the end there. And while Brandon Ingram put up 34 on 12 of 27 shooting, the second best player on the court for New Orleans was Najee Marshall with 16 points and 11 rebounds and six assists. He's been really good for the team and we'll focus more on him the remainder of the week. But this game was just kind of rough all around. Big lead that you blew because you couldn't play defense down the stretch because Eric Bledsoe wasn't, and you couldn't generate any offense because you're going with the starting lineup in a terrible closing five that hasn't been able to get it done all year. We, we've seen this song and dance before. It's old hat at this point, and it's just so frustrating to watch if you're a fan. And it doesn't, this was when I went back to calling that Cavs win a depressing win. I shouldn't have used that word. It was a non, it wasn't an encouraging win because it was so ugly and it doesn't make you think this team can really put some of this together. And I've seen people saying, well, it's good that these, you know, the Pelicans are at least in close games. It means if they win these, they can end up being, you know, winning games. They're in close games against bad teams. That's what's going on right now. They're in close games against a bunch of bad teams. I wouldn't call that the most encouraging. So you look at this and it's, and it's really frustrating to watch. By the way, Lonzo Ball making his return 0 for 7 from 3. Pelicans were 7 of 28, 25%. Three-point shooting is completely gone for this team right now. And it's leading to a whole lot of issues. Zion couldn't do anything at the rim because there was a bunch of stuff there. And also Daniel Gafford was just a one-man wrecking crew. A brick wall at the rim with four blocks for him for the Wizards. But in this game, you had Bradley Beal go for 30 and Russell Westbrook go for 36. You're going to lose a game when those two combine for 66 points. And New Orleans did in overtime. And it was just so disappointing to watch them not play defense, lack of offensive execution again. In both of these games, the Knicks loss in this game are just so similar. What are they doing, right? What is Stan Van Gundy doing? What are the players doing? And that is a common theme from this weekend and a lot of this stuff that we've seen all year long. So we'll get into the off-season move the Pelicans are making with 15 games left to go. But before we get to that, today's episode of Locked on Pelicans is brought to you by BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Football might be over, but we got the NBA, MLB, and NHL is in full swing as well. And BetOnline even covers awards, TV shows, and reality TV. They have real-time updated odds and props on almost anything you can imagine. 
Maybe betting against the Pelicans in the fourth quarter seems like a good bet right now. And Bet Online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. So head to the website or use your mobile device today to sign up and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code Locked On. That is free money right there. It's like you've already won a bet. All you did was sign up and make your first deposit using promo code Locked On over at BetOnline.ag. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So based on the standings in this weekend's games, if you're a Pelicans fan, it might be time to start thinking about some of the top prospects available in this year's NBA draft. And there's no better place to do that than the Locked On NBA Draft podcast. Scouting reports, draft rumors, mock drafts, and full coverage of everything NBA draft four days a week from credentialed draft experts. Follow the Locked On NBA Draft podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. So even though there's 15 games left to go, and again, the Pelicans still have a chance to get into the play-in tournament, they are thinking a little bit about this offseason and next season. And this comes from ESPN's Andrew Lopez saying, the Pelicans are finalizing a deal to bring Didi Luzada, the Pelicans' second-round pick a year ago, over from the Sydney Kings. He's been a bit of a draft and stash after being taken in the second round by New Orleans. They are finalizing a multi-year deal to bring him back over. So what's going on here? And it's a couple of things. I don't think this move has anything to do with this season and trying to get some help. It's not a desperation thing. This is simply more bookkeeping. The Pelicans have their mid-level exception available to use this year. You can still use it until the season ends, and it looks like they're going to probably use some of this on Didi Luzada, which means you don't need to use that this offseason on him, and instead you can use that on other players. So it's simply taking advantage of an exception you have before it expires and not dipping into next year's thing. Think of it like a, a work budget, right? Use the money you got this year before next year's kicks in because once those books refresh and you turn the page, you're dipping into next year's money and that maybe limits what you're able to do. So this is a way that the Pelicans can bring him over, get him under contract and still have potentially their full exceptions next year. He's been with the Sydney Kings in the Australia NBL um, for the past two seasons and He's been one of the better defenders, I think, he uh, out there from everything we've kind of gathered from talking to people and all of that. He's not been lighting it up offensively. 8.7 points, 3.2 rebounds, and 1.8 assists over this season. He's shooting under 40% from the field, 38.9, and just 26.4% from the three-point line. But he's been defending, and he's a switchable wing who at least projects to be a positive guy and he'll probably get some minutes. I don't think he's going to get a ton, but you know what? They've been hit with a lot of issues uh, in terms of injuries and depth at the wing. He should be able to maybe get a minute or two and start practicing with the team and kind of be integrated. And this very clearly shows that they think he's going to be a rotation piece for New Orleans next season. That's great. I think that's good. He also had a recent 28 point explosion where he was six of seven from deep. 
maybe show something, but it gets him over here working with the team, practicing with the team. It sounds like this won't get done for at least a week or so, and the Pelicans probably want his deal to prorate and be as cheap as possible given where they are with the luxury tax, but it shouldn't really impact this whatsoever. But this is not a move for this year. This is a move for next year to leave any of their mid-level exceptions or what other exceptions they might have available to them to try and clearly add some things to the team because there's a whole lot wrong right now and the players definitely aren't really fixing it out there on the court. So we'll get into more on the three-point shooting tomorrow, maybe a little bit more into Eric Bledsoe and the Pelicans in crunch time and what the hell is going on. And we'll see if maybe they make some changes on Tuesday. So that's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Pelicans. Frustrating weekend for New Orleans, but I appreciate you all being here with me on Monday morning recapping it. You know, hopefully this was a little therapeutic for you too. It was nice to kind of yell and be a little bit fired up on today's show. So as always, I'm your host, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with you all tomorrow. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 